Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Cornerstone Conversations. And I am so excited that I have three friends here. I have Tim Reed here, and I have Ginger Reed, his beautiful wife, and I have Ron Brewer. And I'm excited to have these folks with us so that we can talk about a very exciting thing that Tim and Ginger started, uh, well, they're going to tell us uh, ever so how many years ago. And it is, I believe, it made a lot of impact and is still making impact in some prisons and right here in Lancaster. And we're going to talk about that as we progress through this conversation. And we really want people to get a sense of what is out there and I think what help is out there that they can be part of. Or someone may listen to this that knows someone that needs to be part. You know, I, I believe... Um, you all go to the river, uh, Tim and Ginger, and I think the river and Cornerstone and many churches like us in Fairfield County are really trying to help people get, number one, to Jesus Christ, and number two, to get their lives back on track. So, Tim, let's start out by talking about the Rofika Connection and what that is, how it got started, when it got started. We're just going to take our time here and talk and have a good conversation about what God started in that ministry. Yeah, we uh, we started a nonprofit, and uh, Ginger can jump in. I know she'll want to share how she heard Rofika, and uh, the Lord gave her that name, and uh, we began to develop a nonprofit from there. Having worked in prisons for almost twenty-seven years, I saw true transformation and. And that impacted my life. I don't have a real big testimony, but what I saw in lives uh, really impacted me because it was something that I'd never experienced in church that much. And uh, I'll allow Ginger to jump in to, to, to give some dates and times how long we've been doing this with Rofika. Well, we have been taking care of the Rofika connection uh, for approximately eight years. Awesome. And but we have been a nonprofit organization through the IRS and uh, with the state of Ohio Incorporation through all that whole process since 2018. So that really started rolling out at that point. But what happened in reality is where he comes back in because the Lord did such an, a mighty work through him as a lieutenant on shift. And Ron Brewer can jump in as well and tell you how the impact it, how it impacted him. But uh, I'd like for you to share the part where uh, you started just meeting with the men for a quote Bible study. Yeah, and this, this is at Southeastern <laughs> Correctional Institution. Just to clarify where we were at. You know, through the connections and through this process of God defining the commission and pulling you uh, with that hook in your jaw to that place that we want to get to. I'm not there yet, but my passion is to uh, follow that call. Um, I literally found myself uh, following a model that uh, Lance Walnall gave when it came to a um, movie. Um, it was the um, Gladiator. Gladiator movie. Uh, he used that teaching as a metaphor or believers. And uh, it impacted my life when I followed through with that to really search that matter out and found that 
there was a transformation that took place in the Colombian prisons. And as we all know, that was terrible. And uh, what had happened was the Lored Foundation went in with principles for the officers first. And the offenders saw the, the change in the officers, and that led into them, the general population, wanting it. So I saw a model that we could duplicate in Ohio prisons. And at the time when Ginger said what led me into the finding that what God would commission, he would provide portions and provisions that we would walk in. Prior to that, I found myself as a shift lieutenant clocking out, going to get my Bible and going into the uh, school and kind of having no idea what I was doing, just being obedient to that. What I had saw in that model, I so wanted to get to that and to really search that out in my life. So it ended up being about 70 offenders would show up on a Saturday afternoon. and 70? Yeah, it wow. was packed. And uh, we, we put chairs in a big circle. It was a, a two-classroom that we, was like a duplex with a screen that you could pull. And so we opened it all up. And so you had a 70... Yeah. Big circle. I thought yeah. our 30 was, was too big, but that's not, yeah. that gives me hope. 70 is <laughs> not too big. That's right. 30 is uh, not too big. I, that's right. I, I, think you, I think you get it, but, you know, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. It was just God took over. The Holy Spirit began to renew guys in their call. We had several testimonies where an offender got hurt with a tow motor accident, got hooked on opiates. He was a Pentecostal preacher, wow. lost his church and, and divorced and found himself under a bridge living. So in making rounds, there was times where certain officers would say, hey, you mind coming in the office and praying for someone? And so he was one of those guys. While I was on duty, we'd take them in the office and pray for them. And so he came back a couple weeks later and, and said, hey, look at my back. There's pins coming out of my back because God healed my back. Wow. And Praise so he was sent to OSU. And uh, so OSU was asking him what you, wanted, what you want us to do. Well, he wanted those pins out. So God totally not only healed him, but restored him. And so that we saw what was taking place and guys were being filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the power of what was experiencing, they were experiencing there with no one praying for them, mm. and the, just the total restoration. I not only saw that in the general population then, but also I saw it in the lives of the officers on third shift where the Lord said, I want you to carry uh, some books in and about my my mother-in-law, Lois Hosher, wrote a book about my father-in-law's near-death experience. And uh, I passed those books out with no intention whatsoever to dispute any doctrine, but just to say, listen, if, if I could come back and we could talk more, I'd love to be able to do that, to get to know you. And if there's anything that you read in there, let me know. And so that just led into several testimonies from the officers, even the officers begin to experience not only a move in their lives, but restoration in their family. 
And I could tell stories about that, but I don't think we have enough time. Well, you know, I want to, I want to jump in here for a second because I think what you're doing is so powerful and what you did at the prison is so powerful. And I think to a lot of folks, prisons and jails are like the trash pile of humanity. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, even some church people Mm -hmm. don't believe that those folks can be changed and salvageable and that beautiful things can happen Mm. in their lives. And it just, as as you're sitting here talking, the passion that you have for this, I have, I've been doing this for 10 and a half years at the jail and I went to three prisons, which I'm not now, but every day I'm excited to do it all over again. It doesn't Mm. get old with me because I realized I'm not responsible for the fruit that comes from it. God is responsible for that. And I know you've seen this, and I've seen this many times at the jail, where we've had less than optimal environmental uh, niceties. You know, we go to church, everything, you know, the music's got to be so-so, this has got to be right, the air conditioning's or the heat's got to be just right, Everything's got to be perfect. But when you go to an incarceration environment, you can pretty much guarantee that something is going to disrupt or change or do something to your meeting. And you have to be what the Bible calls instant in season, Mm -hmm. because the enemy is always trying to change our season so that we get tripped up and we don't know what to say. And I just refuse. I just keep right on going, hey, you know, this is what's going to happen. We're going to do this instead of this. Mm -hmm. And God's going to do something. And the results that you were talking about, I think, are so important. Yes. And you you just went in with this right here. And I'll tell you what, and I'm holding up a Bible because folks listening can't see that. This Bible trips up a lot of people that don't understand it, that don't know it, that don't believe it. And when you did that, you opened the door to God's miraculous power. And I think that's very exciting to see that happen. Yeah. So what happened um, after those experiences began happening and we were introduced to the Lored Foundation and the Values and Principles, which is the program that we do to this day in several prisons. I actually just sent books out. He didn't know this yet to Wade uh, to get that going at another prison. So prison, what yeah. happened is is this he had this burning desire to get this out and get these values and principles which most of these offenders have never experienced a value mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a principle and and it's life changing it changes who they are from the inside out right. without even saying the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it's based off of the book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. So you you'll see that that we do use, you know, the the book of Proverbs as a foundation. But what happened is uh these men wanted this. And the in particular woman that was in charge at the time of programs, the Lord caused a, a path <laughs> just like the parting of the Red Sea type of experience for him to meet up with this programs uh individual at the prison and he approached her said this is what i'd like to do and she says that sounds great well what do you want to call it well at that point he was like well i'll get back with you on that to give you an idea of what happened i'm driving down the road just got my haircut coming on down the road driving and out of the blue i hear in my mind's rofika (laughs) (laughs) you know talk about feeling strange that was the weirdest experience so i thought 
Rofika, what is that? <laughs> you know, so I pull the car over, I get my phone out, and I Google, what does the word Rofika mean? <laughs> Needless to say, she's like, I'm sorry, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> uh, um, I'm like, okay, maybe it's spelled R-O-F-E-C-K-A. What does that mean? I have no idea what you're talking about. Needless to say, I had no idea. So I said, well, Holy Spirit, if this is you, and, and we didn't know it was going to be connected. It just was a, an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to speak to me, and I said, okay. <laughs> well, I come home, and I don't know what the timing of this whole thing, if it was a day, a week, I don't remember that part, but he told me the experience, the so-and-so says that we're allowed to bring the program in, and we're ready to roll, but she wants to know the name. I said, oh, call it Rafika Connection. <laughs> and he went, Rafika. <laughs> well, we got hooked up with a precious friend in our church, Dave Kiner. I have to give a shout-out to him because mm -hmm. he's the one that's a scholar. Mm -hmm. He went and looked it up, and he said, Ginger, do you realize that the word Rafika means God my healer? healer. You want to talk about blowing us away? We were very, very excited at that point. So that's how the Rafika connection came and was birthed. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to ask this question because we have similar, uh, very similar roads that we're traveling down. Mine's a little different than your road, but it's all about reaching out yes. to men. Now, I, I get to reach out to ladies too at the jail, but do you remember... And maybe you've never been in a church like this, but for years, I've, I've been going to church since I was 10 years old. My wife, pretty much, well, she's been going to church as a baby. She tells me she was pretty much born at the church. <laughs> so she's got about eight years on me. What, what I think is interesting is for years and years at different churches that we've attended, there was a lot of women, but not many men. Mm -hmm. It's like, where are the men? Yes. Why aren't the men? They're the leaders. They should be the spiritual leaders. Where are they? And what's amazing is through this, we've seen so, like you just said, you, I mean, 70 men in a circle. Amazing. That's crazy. Yes. When you think about what God wants to do, yes. and it's, it's, it's so simple. Mm. I, I get real frustrated sometimes with the organized church because oh, yeah. we just want to make it so hard. Well, you got to come in, you got to dress a certain way, you got to look a certain way, you got to come up to the mm. altar and say this prayer and do this, and you got to get da, 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 all this stuff. Mm. And it's like Jesus, like, no, I just want to heal people. That's right. Jehovah Rapha. That's right. The Lord, our healer, yes. you know, and that's what he wants to do. Mm. I mean, what, what do you think about this? this ministry to men. I mean, I think it's exciting. I love to see it when men connect yes. and, and that I get to tell them Jesus loves you and he has a plan for you. What is that like for you, Tim, when you've gotten to see that change someone? Yeah. When you think about the jailhouse conversion, you know, the population is all men. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a good group of guys you know and that's a real deal mm -hmm. the jailhouse where someone is at their bottom mm -hmm. and you step into their life and allow the holy spirit to touch them in areas where they never experienced before and they experienced the peace of god in a small group or 
or a church service, however that looks, or back at the rack where they cry themselves to sleep. Mm -hmm. They're broken. Mm -hmm. And then you come in with a good program that teaches them and allows them to experience their voice for mm-hmm. the very first time. I love small groups. I think that's the meat of where we should be in our communities and gathering in small groups. And, and we use the, the Red Foundation materials for that. Um, it's an evidence-based programming to where everybody has a voice. I've never gone in to think that I have to change anybody. Because through that 10-week process, they find their way through the evidence of mm-hmm. what we're discussing. Mm-hmm. And everybody has a voice. They do that self-examination mm-hmm. where we, you know, you're describing at the altar, you have to say these certain things. Well, in the small groups with, the, with that self-evaluation, what, what are we doing? We're examining ourselves, let's say the principle of listening. How am I doing right now? Not where I want to be or where I've been, but today. And I've examined myself with that truth. And in my heart, I've made that confession that this jumped out to me in our discussions. And then so it goes on to have uh, an action step. So those types of things benefit that second part of what I'm trying to describe. When, when the faith base goes into the prisons or or men are being ministered to through a good program that God's using for that revelation in their lives, then that third part is mentoring, coaching and mentoring. Come alongside. When somebody steps out of the prison, we want to be there for them. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, we want to impart into the Ron Brewers that I've seen transformation in his life. And he's gone through those that transformation, that process. I think that's what we're trying to describe here is everybody's process might look entirely different from the next person. Mm -hmm. And so that examining ourselves is not very wise is what the Bible says. And so the process that I've seen in Ron Brewer is now he's a mentor. Now he's a coach. Mm -hmm. Now he's the one that has the passion to go. And so I, I believe, getting back to what you had said earlier about not really feeling it, I don't know how many conversations I had, I've had with volunteers that have gone into the prisons and they're thinking, I don't know if I really want to go tonight for that small group or that Bible class or that church service, whatever that service is that they're giving. But when they walk out, the mysteries of the kingdom are being released not only for the offenders, but I believe with all my heart for the church, if the church would only recognize it and embrace it. I've seen the embracing of the church, Mm -hmm. and I believe that that has added the transformation within the church that's brought revival that I've seen in people's lives. You know what I think is interesting? You, You said something about the mentoring piece that really is critical Mm-hmm. in any, not just people in prison right. or jail. We see it in the headlines every day, you know, X and so person commits suicide and you're thinking, who was there? Mm-hmm. Who mentored them? Who could they yeah. talk to? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we say around here, we talk a lot about community, not out there, but just the community of people 
are we in somebody's life Mm. in that way? But what is interesting about that, it gets messy. Mm. You know, people's lives are messy. And, you know, that desire where I say, well, I don't really want to go tonight. I just, I'm not feeling it. I don't want to. Those folks are expecting us to be there. And it might be just a smaller group or a bigger, you, you know, you never know because they get the same thing. I don't, I'm not going tonight. I don't want to do it. You know, they get a phone call from home or a letter and it just takes them down. And we forget where we should be is in that family of people who loves us, who can lift us up and we can hear the wisdom of Proverbs or any other thing from the word. I think that that mentoring that sense of community and belonging. Mm. Um, I have business cards that the jail gives me and I, I give those to anybody that wants one. And on that card is my phone number. And it's like, you may call me, text me or message me and I'll get back with you as soon as I can. And I don't get a bunch of calls. I, I'm not slammed with that stuff. But it's important that I think people know if I can't help somebody, I will try to move them on to the help that I know, I know other people, you know, and that's the important thing. If, you know, you go to the river and we're here at Cornerstone and uh, there's not a building big enough in the city of Lancaster for all, what, 47,000 people to be in the same place. We need different places for people to go and to be connected, but it needs to be about the word of God and the truth of God's word. And I, I'm going to say this and I'll, we'll keep going with this discussion, but what did Jesus say? He's very, very interested in the widows, the orphans, and those in prison. Why would he say that? Why was it important to him that people in prison or jail or locked up would get the help that they, because he knew they're very vulnerable. They're at the lowest point, as you said, Tim, they're at the lowest point of their lives and they could go off the edge completely. And I I think that's important. I'm reminded of that constantly, that we are doing the Lord's work, exactly what he said to do. And that's important. What drives you on with this? Both of you, what drives you on with this? We're getting to Ron in a minute. He's not getting out of this. He's not getting out of this. I, I love keep, listening. I look over at him, and he's ready to go right Oh, he now. is. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you got good. something to say, buddy? <laughs> nope, I'm good. I'll wait till it's my turn. <laughs> yeah, just the, the call um, and the fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had a dear brother just pass away today. Oh. Uh, yeah, he fought cancer, and he passed away in the prisons. But he was oh. such a giant. Yes. You know, yes. being able to influence leadership in the prisons was mm-hmm. a big part of this. You know, I never did anything on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always had permission from the higher people. There was an initiative uh, that took place, and you and I crossed paths, really. We mm-hmm. started about the same time mm-hmm. when we first met in 2017, I believe, at yeah. the jail. Yep. And uh, so... It just evolved. We, we were able to connect with influential people that helped fund the things that we were interested in. And, uh, and so that helped greatly. And then we made more connections of people that were interested in the faith-based in the prisons. And mm-hmm. we were able to develop curriculums and uh, go get training. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, we just kept growing it. And so we, there was a momentum with that initiative that the DRC had where they had the faith-based housing units and, you know, all that changed. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that today, that change that you have experienced in this ministry just in the last 18 months because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And then for us, we we experienced a massive change in the jail because it was shut out to all volunteers. I got to keep going, but it was just very limited. I think any ministry, when presented with that kind of upending change that can literally be the end, you know, we've we've seen in Lancaster the end of some churches in Lancaster because of the whole COVID thing. I mean, I can count about three or four or five that are no more. They closed their doors because Mm. of what happened. So um, I think it's important that the focus that we have on the Lord, first of all, and our drive, I said this to a lot of folks over the years, I don't do this ministry to the incarcerated so I can check a box Mm. or because Jesus said to do it. We do this, and I believe you all do this too. Uh, We do this because it is an outward flow Mm -hmm. of his indwelling in us. He lives in us and we're just automatic. Lord, what do you want us to do? We'll do whatever you want us to do. And then he says, oh, I want you to go to the prison. And you're like, what? You know, and and that's a beautiful thing. I want to say this too. Over the last, well, probably three, two years, a couple years, maybe two years ago, three years ago, you've given me boxes of books. (laughs) I mean, uh, like, I I want to say you you said, hey, I got some books for you. Call me one day. I I got some books. I'm like, okay, bring them over. I'll I'll get one. We have another one at the house. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I got, awesome. I got it's a box awesome book. of books uh, from Pastor Lois, and yes. I've given out all of those, but like four. I got to get more wonderful. from her. They love that book, yeah. by the way. You gave me a box of Doing His Time. Yes. Um, I think the Carla Faye Tucker story. There was another yes. book. I can't remember what yeah. it was. Yes. Uh, the Power of a Praying Husband. Yes. I just gave that book to somebody last week or two weeks ago, and he said, Pastor Tom, that book you gave me was just what I needed to read. And I'm telling you, I'm all, I've got this many, about uh, 10 of the doing his time. When you first brought those to me, I'm like, oh God, how am I ever going to give away all these books? But you know what? Um, I just just give them out to people. (laughs) And uh, and the one that uh, has really made a big impact too, it's a mini book. It's Mike Swiger's oh, testimony. Yes, yes. They love that. I've oh, given yes. out dozens and dozens. I've still got some mm-hmm. left, but dozens of those books. Mm-hmm. So the ministry that you have been doing through your donation to me, I mean, because if somebody gives me books, I don't sit on them. Because I don't want them in my office, quite frankly. I would be <laughs> right. overdone. My old office was just like a mess. But this one's kind of nice. I want to try to make it not a, you know, a box bin. And <laughs> I have just given away mm. dozens of the books that you provided 
almost good. almost Thank all you. completely Jesus. gone Wonderful. quite frankly because i want to you know those don't do anybody any good mm-hmm. if they're not yeah. in their hands that's reading right. them and so that's another i haven't said that to you i haven't told you that for mm-hmm. really since you gave me those books yeah. but that's been a great blessing yeah. that has been part of i believe the ministry that you've done with rofika yes mm-hmm. so praise the lord so let me ask you this question yeah. where where is this going with this guy sitting next to me <laughs> with uh, good old Ron here. Uh, I love this guy. Uh, I've known doesn't? you for a long time. How long have I known you? So I think we met in 2010. 10, I was going to say 10 or 11, maybe early 11. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. It's a long time. Yes. We're getting older, Ron. I'm older than you, but we're getting older. So where, <laughs> where, where's this going with what, I mean, let's talk about that a little yeah. bit. You know, uh, through that mentoring part, at the prison, there was a couple phases that I just need to kind of frame it. Uh, we did the small groups, and that was called the Foundation for Achievement Materials. And so those were the small groups. And then we did a series of Friday night classes with Pastor Loa, some authors that wrote really good books and come in to teach. There was like four, four different classes mm-hmm. on Friday night, a series. Uh, we did the River Valley Life uh, center church service once a month as well. And then uh, the big thing that we had started, and this was the third thing, I'll get to the fourth, was uh, LifeLink Core Academy. And we had a housing unit um, there at the prison. And uh, it was teaching soft skills, employability, really, getting guys that were close to going home ready uh, to go home. And so that was uh, something that we had just started. And we were finishing our first year. We were one week away from uh, doing a uh, graduation. And then the pandemic Mm. shut everything down. So getting back to what do you do after everything you've done Mm. shuts down. And so um, the fourth thing that we're real excited about, that God has allowed us, I think, a short memory to go forward. I think you have to kind of grow up and say, you know, you're going to have some sorrows and disappointments in life, but you still have that pack. You don't take that pack off. You you press in, Mm -hmm. pray through it. Mm -hmm. And then the recall was something that when I met with Pastor Tim Tigg of Victory Hill, really in the infancy of them buying the West School and calling it Connection West, I met with them because we were, he, he was interested in the roundtable materials. They wanted to use the global priority solutions material, which was evidence-based and not the Lored version. Because what was taking place was the demographics of what was ta- had taken place in the prison through the roundtables, these principles and values that spread throughout the prison not only with the general population of getting back to that story I was telling you about seeing that strategy or the model, we went into the uh, training academy and we did facilitator training with the leadership of the prisons and they were required to go back to their prisons and do two or three small groups a week. So uh, it multiplied then and I saw that increase. And so sitting with Pastor Tig. His focus was the generations. And listen, when we begin to talk about the generations, 
he was in tears. Mm -hmm. We were all in tears because we recognized what we felt was what God was leading us into. So they started working with the courts, bringing in the delinquents and pre-delinquent stage kids, young kids, into the Connection West, and they would do small groups, the roundtables of the evidence-based programming. And so we saw the demographics come into a community. And getting back to community, I, I really feel like this is really important timing for this. And then a friend of mine, George Petrovi, uh, he was my pastor, uh, not then, but be, prior to that, he was a member. He introduced me to Pastor Tig, and we were sitting there. And then it ended up going into the Lancaster schools to where the, the guidance counselors were trained as facilitators. All the, uh, the schools were involved in the junior schools, I guess. And so I, I began to see something that was taking place in our community. And so we had a program way back when it was called The Recall. Mm. And he cast the vision, mm. and I saw the model of what he was saying and what we could do because the guys were coming out of the prisons. And we really wanted to mentor and coach guys and get guys back on the path. So we reached out through uh, Connection West for ex-offenders and their families, primarily. And then it just began to grow. And Ron came in, and I, we, we felt strongly that Ron was supposed to head that up. So we saw a call in his life, and Ron's been tremendous. Mm -hmm. And God has brought brothers and people men of influence again, you know, to meet that need and to provide portions, provisions been stored up. And uh, so we've been very excited about this new phase, not trying to bring, it, bring in an old mindset, Pastor Tom, yeah. being yep. renewed in the spirit, Absolutely. walking in the spirit. Don't you know, bring that, that no. natural man into this. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> you know, the world doesn't need that. Yeah. And we, we have to think differently. Yes, sir. We do not compromise the Word of God, Amen. but we have to yeah. think differently mm -hmm. about how we bring people together. Yeah. And what I think is interesting, we've seen this with our men's fellowship twice a month. I guess I'm kind of bad about, I'm, I'm a faith preacher, okay? But I was like, I, I remember saying to Ron, well, Ron, I think it might drop off in the summer. Remember I said that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it hasn't dropped off in the summer. No. Do you know why? I, I, I realize people, men, need fellowship. Real, real fellowship. I mean, men have problems and we don't talk about it. And a lot of men saw, I mean, not a lot, but some men solve their problems with a gun or with you know, drugs or whatever, and they end it. Mm. And because they think there's nobody, there's no answer, there's no help. Mm. And that's... That's what I think is, is cool about this recall ministry that it, it is. So what do you have to say about this, Ron? Where, where is that going from your perspective? It's fellowship. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a true believer in fellowship. I started in prisons. I have four prison numbers. I was 47 years old working on my fourth prison numbers when I came into SCI. I met Tim and Ginger through the uh, Rafika. And through that weekly meeting and going over principles and morals and ethics, things that as a 30-year drug user, 
had all faded away. I had none of those. I didn't know what honesty was. I didn't know what work ethic was. I didn't, I didn't know who I was. I was just uh, one of those people that on a sitcom, those characters that just show up every once in a while and, just, and you'll see them on different shows. That's who I was in life. I didn't have an identity. I didn't have a, a life. I didn't have any dreams. And through meeting through the Rafika program, it showed me who I was. It revealed God to me. It revealed myself to me. And it gave me a voice. And uh, it showed me who I was. And with that, I fell in love with God. And I fell in love with people, especially people, men coming out of prison or women. I've lived on the street. I've been homeless. So I've been on both ends. And I know there's a way out of it. Mm-hmm. And the recall shows them. Yes. It's fellowship and it's timing. It's a process. You just have to trust the process. Uh, sure, sure, there's sometimes it's overnight stuff. More than likely, there's a lot of garbage that we have to get out. And in our weekly meeting, little beknownst to them, the more you meet in a fellowship and the more you talk about stuff, the more you're opening up and you get vulnerable. When you get vulnerable and you let stuff out, there's healing. Because if you keep it all inside, it just festers and, and you're not getting anywhere. So you spend, a, let's say, a year. There's 40 principles, 40 weeks, right? And that time you, you fellowship and you fall in love with guys and women and you learn how to open up and you're not, you're not alone anymore. I was at Noble in 2015 and there's 1,200 people there and I never felt more alone in my life. Today, <laughs> there's no way I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have so much love and joy and, and peace about me. The recall, we have a men's and a women's group because we, we tried to, to do a co-ed and it just doesn't work because things, right. uh, life is messy. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes you don't want to discuss things with men and women in the same room. So we split those up. Uh, with that being said, the women's have been going on for about a month and there's eight to nine people on a weekly basis. I spent uh, a year with four people and the four greatest people ever. But now we're up to like 10 or 12. So it's a process. You have to trust the process with that. Mm-hmm. People spend a lifetime tearing down everything that could be good in their lives. And, and sometimes people come to God and they say, they, they come to the altar or they, okay, Jesus, I give you my life. Let's get everything cleaned up. And it it does. I mean, a lot of times things happen quickly. It's amazing how quick things happen when you come to Christ. But it does take effort, you know, doing the right thing over and over again. And like you said, community, getting with people, going to these kinds of meetings that you're talking about, the recall, and just letting the process. I like that you said that. It is a process. It is a process. I just wanted to reiterate what Tim was talking about was the four networks of operation that Rafika has established, and they all four have just been so effective. But the recall is the re-entry piece. We want to grow that. And what Ron and Tim have to say about the recall is just so important that the people out there that are listening to this podcast understand there is a place for you to come. Mm-hmm. It's free. Mm-hmm. It's and it's wonderful. not a church. It's, it's not, a, not church. a church. It's a wonderful opportunity to, to gather together. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I think the uh, Holy Spirit's just been 
prodding my heart to make sure I put this in this little podcast and to let the women know out there, mm-hmm. you got to understand, I'm, I am cheerleader number one to this man on my right. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, go Tim, go do what God's called you to do in the prison and I'll just be your cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Well, we went to Alabama to get some training and to meet with the most incredible man, Randy Walker, who is the pastor of prisons uh, at the Church of the Highlands. And I wanted to, just out of curiosity, because I'm a question asker, Tim don't like me asking all the questions I do, but I do. I ask a lot of questions. (laughs) But I went in there and I thought, I want to get into this man's mind and understand what is this about prisons? By the time that hour was over, I left with a burning desire and passion to meet these men that the Lord had used him so mightily. I wanted to meet them. I wanted to see their faces. And it was, I mean... Seriously, guys, why would I want to go into a men's prison? Mm-hmm. Makes no logical sense. So I say that to the women out there that if indeed the Lord is calling you to a really out of the box place, just dig deep into prayer. Accept what the Holy Spirit's leading you into. I would have never thought prisons is where my passion would be, but it is there. I love mm-hmm. the men at SCI. Mm-hmm. Sounds really crazy. But the other part of this is I'm not going into SCI anymore, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So the Lord was grooming me throughout my whole life's career of everything that I've learned to do in the business world to be the administrative support system that is the foundation that it is what causes an organization, a nonprofit organization to thrive is if you've got, you've got to have that foundation. So that's what I was called to. Mm -hmm. So I want to tell the women that out there. Yeah. Well, isn't, I want to, you said something that I think is uh, really, really good. And that is, I said this to my wife, I was, I was in banking for 28 years. Okay. And I said, uh, when that ended, that job ended, I was out of there, it was done, and I was so glad. And, I, and, and God opened a new door with the, the jail ministry. And I said to my wife, who is so full of wisdom, and she is uh, ginger to me as she is to you. So um, I said, Tammy, would God really take 28 years just to get me ready to do this. And, and she said, uh, well, he, he put the Israelites to the, the wilderness for four years. Of course, that was to deal with their, you know, their, their bad things. But he taught them through that time to trust him right. in all of their goings and doings. And I said, okay, God, 28 years is enough. I don't need more. And, you know, I, I think God does. He uses everything. I don't think God put you in prison, Ron. No. Oh, absolutely not. He's used every day of your experience. I've I've got a question for you, or two questions actually. Is what kind of people should go to these recall meetings every Saturday, mm-hmm. and why should they go? What kind of people should go, and why should they go? Because just like Ginger spoke directly to ladies that will listen to this. We need to speak directly to the moms and the dads and the brothers and the yes. sisters and the aunts and the uncles right. who know the answer. They, they need to hear the answer to this question. Who should go and why should they go? Very so good. 
there is no who. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs this. Everybody has shortcomings somewhere in their life or somewhere. Somehow they're, they're falling short of something somewhere. And this is based on the book of Proverbs. Pro- mm-hmm. Book of Proverbs. And it also shows you, it retrains your renewing of the mind. So mm-hmm. prior to 2016, negative, narcissist, liar, thief, all kinds of different things. But through the process of the Rafika, I've renewed my mind. So I have a heart for people going to prisons and drug addicts. First of all, we have a, if you're a drug addict, you have bad thinking skills. You know, you obviously think negative about yourself and other people, and you're always feeling guilty and things like that. And that's just a foothold the devil has on our neck. We want to retrain your brain to start thinking positive, to start speaking life into your life and not Mm -hmm. negative into your life. Because every word you speak affects your life. It's Mm -hmm. life or death is what you speak. It's self-fulfilling prophecy. Absolutely. Could I read this scripture that you're referring to the mind? And we talk about this a lot at at, uh, Cornerstone. Uh, at Romans 12, 3, uh, 2, sorry, I don't have my reading glasses. Uh, uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you may prove what the will of God is, that, um, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. There it is. That's, that's it. I've met some amazing men in prison. So they made mistakes and they're put there for some for life, but they are mentors in there and they're encouragers in there and they, they've helped transform younger men's lives. Mm -hmm. In today's society, the morals and ethics that the recall teaches, kids are not being taught Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. babies are having babies and men are going to prison and women are now going to prison. Well, we, as a society, we have turned over the training of children and young adults to the TV and the internet. Yes. And there is, that's bad. Right. That's sure really, is. really bad. It's all garbage. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So if, if it's anybody that should be at the recall and your next que- other question, why? Why? Um, well, why for the fellowship and the love and the growth, mm-hmm. uh, I, I promise you, if you give this say six weeks, six weeks of every Saturday showing up, spending time, and just really putting your heart into it, mm-hmm. you're going to see some growth. And then if you give it a year, I'm telling you, transformation, and you're going to see blessings upon you. Because when you start speaking good things into your life and not the negative things, things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. One thing we did notice, though, with the roundtables, and Tim can attest to this, is it took about three weeks for the men, if they would give it that three weeks, mm-hmm. give it three weeks, what would happen at that third week? You know, the, the walls begin to come down, Yes. Mm-hmm. you know, that transparency, m- many for the very first time opened up, yes. you know, in the, the prior two weeks they would pass. We've had guys learn to read in small groups that could not read. <laughs> so they begin to trust. So the walls and that transparency begin to happen. Mm-hmm. And then they just begin to build relationships. Mm-hmm. So we had guys that would go back to the phone in their dorm in the unit, get on a three-way with their baby mama and grandma <laughs> or mom and go and That's do a so principal good. after. I mean, it's, awesome. it's the dynamic of what we would, it's not, this is not a churchy kind of thing. No. This is real life 
mm-hmm. scenarios where the guys are experiencing something for the very first time. Mm-hmm. We've had confessions in small mm-hmm. groups where we would bring Dr. Dave McGlure come in and do a temperament study to find out, you know, where your real giftings and talents are, your strengths and your weaknesses, what makes you think the way you do. For guys to say incredible things mm-hmm. in those small groups, that's when you realize that, hey, uh, the principle of forgiveness always would take two or three weeks just to get through that. You know, there was mm-hmm. guys that would say, is this, is this about me? Right. It's huge. <laughs> Can I be forgiven? Right. Uh-huh. And so those are the dynamics that we have seen. And that's really the secrets that the church needs to hear about. I think a couple things that come out of that is, you know, that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not easy to be vulnerable yeah. in jail right. and prison because people can take advantage of you. Yes. They can hurt you. Yes. They'll, they'll prey on you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that is a big deal. The thing I just wanted to say in reference to that is after three weeks, they finally can let those walls down mm-hmm. and become that transparent person. Why? Because they finally feel there's a safe place Mm -hmm. that they can just let themselves go and just maybe somebody in that circle will understand them and and embrace them and that's what i believe i'm sure happens at the recall every saturday night that transparency and that and they know it's safe and that's if i have any message at all to share to anyone who's listening know that the recall is a safe haven Mm -hmm. for you to come to be restored to be renewed to be refreshed to be reborn mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'm telling you it will transform you into who you you may look at ron brewer across the room there and say man yeah. if i could just be a fourth of yeah, what he's, he's like giant. that giant in of faith in that man who who is sure of himself he's got a confidence that he walks with i want to be like that if mm-hmm. i could just have a little bit of that but I tell you, it's for every single man and woman that walks through those doors. Yeah. Please come. Did you ever find either at the prison or with the roundtables or at uh, recall, you know, sometimes someone, well, why don't you go with me? You know, you, why don't you mm-hmm. go with me? And, you know, I'll feel better if I've got somebody, you know, does that, did that ever happen? Somebody would bring somebody and the other somebody would be more involved than the first yeah, person we, that we came. We just experienced it uh, last <laughs> week. Last Saturday with Aaron. You want to tell about that, Aaron? Uh, oh, that would, Sean's nephew. Yeah, Sean's nephew. So hey, there's yeah. a, I think Aaron is seven. Bradley is uh, ten, yeah. and uh, his sister, uh, Sean's sister, single mom, and Sean's been uh, mentoring them, and uh, fabulous. He, he's been bringing them to the recall. About three weeks, and this past week, he gave himself to the Lord. Praise the Lord. And it was really an amazing thing. (laughs) It's awesome. Uh, You just never know. It's Uh, a beautiful thing. So at Connections West. It's so organic, I guess. It's a good word to use, organic. It is. is, You know, it's it's interesting that you don't realize, you know, as a pastor and a believer for many years, when I first started doing jail ministry in November of 2010, I thought I knew how to share Jesus. But when I started doing that ministry, 
I realized I don't know anything. <laughs> uh, I yeah. had to learn. I mean, uh, I had to learn. Yeah. And this is the problem with a lot of Christians, believers. Yeah. We think, we, yes. well, I can do that. Yeah, you get out in the real world, world buddy. What, this cocoon <laughs> that we're sitting in right now, <laughs> this church building, it's a cocoon. And we all come here with the same, oh, yeah. it's so, oh, I love you. God bless you. It's so great being here. But get out there where people don't love you and they yeah. don't care if they ever see your face yeah. and it's like oh okay how do i do this mm-hmm. you know how am i going to do this some of these guys are coming out here just because they don't want to be back there anymore yes. or they want to hear the guitar or whatever and you know what i i reconciled that to that's okay yeah. i don't care because yeah. they're going to hear the yeah. word of god that's right. they're going to hear a song about jesus so the connections west is across from foundations the homeless shelter and there's plenty of people sitting in the their park there and we've started going out and inviting people in i mean they've always seen us come in but we've actually went it out and, and grabbing them and, and bringing them in it's 90 degrees out why not sit yeah. in here at the ac with us and just listen do you we, have to knock them out first before you drag <laughs> them over no. it, <laughs> it's the, yeah. you're going it's the yeah. snacks the yeah, snacks the and the coffee yeah there you go and uh, the air conditioning food always yeah. does it yeah. so but we, we haven't been able to keep them a consistency of them, but it's the fact that they hear something mm-hmm. yeah. and they know that we're here to help mm-hmm. and, and just to love them. That's, you know, that's all we want to do is show them Jesus love. That's the beauty of the round table and the foundation for achievement materials. The, the principles stand alone. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be there for 10 weeks back to back. And then, oh, you'd miss mm-hmm. something if you didn't show up on the each seventh week. week you each know? week stands No, it's, it's each individual session stands alone to where if Ron comes on this Saturday and misses the next three, well, yeah, he's going to miss the next principle, but he got one of the principles Mm -hmm. and that's a transforming piece. That's good. Yeah. I I just wanted to add something to the recall is that the, the reentry part of Rofika Mm -hmm. is when guys need to get their driver's license, you know, and I know of, if you've got a driver's license, you can pass a urine test, you can work. Mm-hmm. So we, we're, we assist guys getting to that place. Fines are terrible. Mm-hmm. Even the courts go clear back to when you were 16 years old mm-hmm. and you didn't have a seatbelt on. <laughs> right, I mean, right. So all those things add up for guys. And uh, we have great people that work with us from the courts. They've been great to help reduce that cost mm-hmm. and get a payment plan. And that's very discouraging to somebody who, like, I've got my life together. I've been right. clean. Mm-hmm. I want to work. I want right. to do the right thing. And, yeah. oh, but I got $2,000 or $5,000 oh, yeah. in yeah. old right. fines. And, and you know what? That's a mountain yeah. for yes. many people, an insurmountable yeah. mountain. Well, our reentry coordinator, Mike Roth, is absolutely phenomenal Mm -hmm. we are so blessed in Rafika to have that man on our board as well as a part of Rafika Mm -hmm. because he heads that up he knows his stuff so Mm -hmm. uh, we've got some assistance that can be done but it's not to say that Rafika is the end-all answer to all of these things Mm -hmm. this is just a Mm -hmm. part it's It's not to say we can help every single man or woman that comes our way but we do our part well, that's a very good thing that you say, because one of the things I've been interested in, you know, what, what happens, and I know this happened with you all, in what you're doing, 
every week, every day, is you start something like this, like we did with the jail ministry. It started as a Bible study, and then this happened, and then this happened. Oh, this person needs this. Oh, this person died, and now their family needs someone to do this. So there's all these things. So what happens is you learn who your resources are. Right. You, well, I can't do this, but I could call Tim. Networking. Maybe he knows somebody. Or I could call Mike Roth, or I yes. could call this person or this person. Absolutely. If I've learned anything in 10 and a half years, that's it. Oh, that so we're true. all, especially in the body of Christ, we should be able to help people Absolutely. with yeah. like no red tape. I, yes, I personally cannot stand red tape and i will probably get uh, with somebody i just want move just move it out <laughs> of the way we need to help this person because they're yeah. trying to do the right thing now if they go off and make a mistake that's the future we can't predict that but yeah. you know what we can help them change their lives Absolutely. today one of our mottos is do not reinvent the wheel right Absolutely. therefore network yes <laughs> and that's what we're Absolutely. Does. I, I believe that well i think we've had an amazing did you want to say something i'm good oh i i <laughs> think we've had an amazing conversation i'm not sure how long we've gone here but we've gone for quite a while it i think that's seem good like it it boy. doesn't seem like it's just no. see when you start having a conversation yeah. about something you're passionate about it goes so fast yes, and we sir. can just keep it talking does, yeah. but i just want to i want to close this out so what 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 haven't you said uh, in this episode you know the the call of god is so strong in our lives it's it's the indisputable truth that's mm -hmm. the evidence of things hoped for if Years ago, if I didn't hear the call and pick myself up off of a, a floor covered up with a blanket in a pile of tears to pray, to, to go away with God one-on-one, -on -one, to hear his voice preceding what, we're, what we've just talked about years ago, and to challenge myself and cover it, covenant with a book that I read from the intercessor of Reese Howes where he read his Bible every day, the prophets in it for an hour, and then the New Testament for an hour. And if I hadn't coveted with that word, I believe we wouldn't be sitting here today. Mm -hmm. If I hadn't heard God's voice mm -hmm. and walked out of that house to go into the prisons, to clock out, to clock back in, <laughs> I wouldn't be here today because mm -hmm. the warfare was tremendous. Mm -hmm. and, the, and, and I believe with all my heart there were some key things that you had said that if, if we hadn't answered the call and suffered for that call, we wouldn't be sitting here today. If in our choices we have, hadn't chosen God and Jesus Christ in our life, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be here today. If we hadn't paid a price to be here today, we wouldn't be here today. And so um, find a mess and get into it as quick as you can. And with that, I pass. You, you said something very powerful. I believe all of us sitting around this table have been somewhere. And God puts this thing in our heart. And, and usually, I don't know what you do, but usually I'm like, well, God, how could I do that? I mean, I'm not, I'm ill-equipped for that. I mean, I'm not this, I'm not that. We start disqualifying ourselves. <laughs> but Jesus, 
you know, and, and he says, I want you to go to the prison. I want you to go to the jail. I, that's what he told me. He didn't say prison. He said jail. And then later he said prison. But that was a command of Jesus that he said, uh, take care of the widows and the orphans and visit the sick and go to the prison. And so as soon as it becomes a command of Jesus, Satan is going to be right there to fight mm. like crazy. Yeah. And when it becomes difficult for us to do, of course, I don't know about you. I start squealing. God, <laughs> it's so hard. I need your help. And yeah. we're like, how oh, am I going to do this? But you know, he provides. Yes, he yeah. provides over and over and over. And you yeah. think, how, where's this going to come from? God's like, well, leave it to me. Why don't you have some faith? Just mm-hmm. trust me. I'll take care of this. Just like you've said several yes. times this evening. Uh, it, God has provided for you over and over yes, again. Sir. And, you know, mm-hmm. right here, the perfect person to do and deal with this whole meeting so that folks can be like, yeah. And God perfectly creates us for the situations that he puts us into. We just don't always know it. <laughs> it takes some time. I wouldn't change my life at all. I'm I'm the person I'm supposed to be. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And just to say to those people out there, you're a big deal. Do not believe what the mm-hmm. world, what Facebook, what your friends are saying about you. I want you to believe what God says about you. And you are very precious and you are a big deal. And you can do anything that you want once you start making that decision to do. Step out of your comfort zone. Praise the Lord. I think that's awesome. You, yes. I think, I think that's a good and fitting place for us to close out this conversation. God is so good. Absolutely. And he has done good things yes, for us. And you, if you're Jesus. listening, God wants to do good things in your life, just like mm-hmm. Ron just said. And just yield to the Holy Spirit and the voice of the Holy Spirit that you might be hearing right now mm-hmm. saying, Cry out to me and I'll be there for you. Mm. It's so simple. Jesus, I need your help. Show me the way. That's Mm. it. And he'll be right there. So every Saturday night, Connections West, 6 p.m., men's meeting, women's meeting, and there's food. Praise the Lord. Garfield Avenue. Garfield Avenue. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Mm. We're so excited that you tuned in and we pray that you share this podcast with somebody that you know, because somebody needs to hear this. Mm -hmm. God bless you. And we can't wait to be with you again for another Cornerstone Conversation.